everybody. Here we go. In case of emergency, the exits are here, 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 anywhere. Keep your hands and arms inside the carpet. We. Name is Hades, Lord of the Dead. Hi, how you doing? We dance, we kiss, we schmooze, we carry on, we go home happy. What do you say? Come on. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Everybody, welcome to the Disney Guys Uncensored, alongside tag team partner Jason Daly. I'm Ryan Shoemaker, and this is episode nine, recorded on May twentieth, two thousand nineteen. Jason, how's it going down there near Francis Marion National Forest? <laughs> We're doing great down here. Francis Marion's a good, probably two hours. That's more around Charleston. But it is the start of the summer season. We just finished out Harley Week, and Bike Fest is right around the corner. So we wow. are swimming in bikes down here. You must you must be so excited about that. Oh, you know it. <laughs> <laughs> now, are you a Harley guy or are you an Indian guy? Uh, I, I'm more of a Harley, I would say. Oh, see, this is why. You know, this is what – we're in for a long night, guys. I'm an Indian guy. He's a Harley guy. And I couldn't really <laughs> tell you the difference until I see the logos. But right. I, I am a fan of the machines. They're impressive machines. I've never ridden one, but they are uh, – they're, they're, they're pretty impressive machines. My father-in-law anyway, used to ride a chopper around town. It was great. It's ironic. Before I knew my wife, my father-in-law had a, a Harley. So that was uh, – that was uh, see, we're kindred spirits after all. Yep, there you go. Um Guys, as you notice, there's only two of us tonight. Our friend Andrew is actually on assignment down in Orlando itself at the World. Uh, we'll be hearing from him a little later on in a uh, voice memo in Random House of Mouse. Um, on this week's episode, though, we will discuss construction updates, and we'll take a look at the company's most recent fiscal filing, which I know for me surprised me, and I think some of the results surprised Jay a little bit until we dug down deeper into the numbers and said, oh, yeah, Makes sense. Um, and also, in our main segment this week, we did want to try something a little different where we're going to talk about personal experiences at Walt Disney World. I'm going to be talking about the Wild Africa Trek. It's a tour that's available at Animal Kingdom. Jason will be talking about the concealed weapon permits and the rules and regulations regarding firearms at Walt Disney World. It seems poignant. A um, couple issues at the parks recently. Jay, I know we've talked offline about the gentleman that didn't have a CWP and right. got stopped at security, and, and he was escorted off the off the premises. So I know you wanted to talk about that a little more Absolutely. in depth later on. And I really think, guys, we're not going to be overly political with it. We're just no. going to give you facts and information about rules and regulations regarding firearms. Jay will give some examples of where he's from compared to Florida and, and in fact, Disney World's policies compared to Florida's, which we found are actually a little bit different than uh, yes definitely it's it's oh it, for lack of a better term it's a whole new world <laughs> that's uh well this week jay your movie this week so yes yes so uh do you have your tickets yet no not yet because what's going on is this weekend is also my my youngest daughter sienna's thir- uh, 12th birthday well, and we're actually going up to, to uh williamsburg virginia we're going to go to water country this weekend and one night we're going to go see that with everybody. 
Oh, that sounds like a good time. That sounds like a great time. I'm sure you guys will have a great time. Um, also, in addition to Andrew's report from the parks, we're going to go well, – we had a little fill-in-the-blank exercise on Facebook earlier this week. Uh, so we're going to give you the results of that as well. So I think that's everything we have for now. We're going to head over to the news desk and rapid-fire news. The Disney Skyliner liner is now testing on the Epcot line. Cars still under wraps? Mm, somewhat. There's quite a few that, that are actually completely unwrapped. I've got a friend of mine down there that uh, he's been sending me pictures as well as Drew's been sending us pictures. There's quite a few cars that have been unwrapped already. Mainly those are the ones at the Hollywood Studios line because that one, I believe, is going to be opening just a little bit before Epcot in preparation for Galaxy's Edge. Also, the signs have been installed at Hollywood Studios leading up to what's going to be the new mode of transportation that's going to, like we said, it's going to be opening in phases. The uh, Tron light cycle run at Magic Kingdom is now starting to vertically grow. It's it's progressing very well. The anticip we're anticipating that it's probably going to be opening around 2021 for the 50th anniversary of the park, and it's going along smoothly. While we're talking about Tomorrowland, the Speedway has reopened. It opened earlier this week after being closed for about five months due to the construction for the Tron coaster. New restaurant, the Takumi Tei in Epcot's Japan Pavilion, is open is going to be opening this summer. Also over in Epcot, we've got Remy Ratatouille's Adventure, set to open in April of 2020. Puts it about a month ahead of the original schedule they had for it. In the last quarter report, the company reports a 15% gain in the parks, parks and resorts sector. They did state that the upcharge and uh, extra events did contribute to these, but the 15% by uh, uh, contribute to the 15%. But the occupancy at the report at the resorts has actually never been higher. Yeah, Jay, I think uh, in Andrew's memo, because we did have the, we did listen to it earlier, or I know I did, he does mention that he's never seen the parks as crowded as they are, which I don't know if it's hyperbole or him just going off season more so than he goes, quote unquote, on season nowadays. Well, but technically, I noticed, as I've noticed myself, there's even no going what used right? to be considered off season, it's right. fairly full. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, great, great for us. We'll be in business for years then if they're going to be this busy. So we'll, right. we'll have this podcast forever. But it is it is ironic that you see a 15% gain. Now, that's only, when I dove deeper into it, Shanghai uh, kind of plateaued a little bit where Hong Kong was up about 3 or 4% uh, over Shanghai, which I think was a real shocker to me. Absolutely, because uh, Shanghai then, is the more yeah. technologically advanced. Yep. And then uh, Disneyland... Uh, suffered, I, I think what, what Walt Disney World we thought was going to happen was they were going to kind of filter out and, and not have as much business between now and August. And that right. doesn't seem to be true or holding water. It I seems to have held water doing... in Disneyland because with you know, what is it, next week, May May 31st, I guess. Uh, this this coming weekend, I believe. Is when we're going to get Star Wars. I anticipate yeah. next quarter that Disneyland is going to be have a spike in, in their attendance. I, I would see that happening. Absolutely. All right. Footlong hot dogs have officially been taken off the menu at Casey's Corner. 
However, they still be can be found in cosmic rays in Tomorrowland. Okay, it's not just it's not the same though, is it? No, I mean, come on, Casey's Corner. That's hot dogs and fries. That that that's ballpark food, which is what that right. restaurant's themed after. Right. Now they still have the regular, you know, little guys, but but man, there's something about getting that foot long. Well, oh yeah, definitely. Say, but yeah, so. All right, so new merchandise. Disney has announced a line of designer Mickey ears. They're going to be retailing somewhere between $58 and $600. Yeah, that's it not a be... typo or, or a speech impediment, guys. He God, said no. $58 to $600. Some of the reason for that price is because they are being designed by some of the the, the higher-end fashion companies mm-hmm. such as Coach, mm-hmm. Heidi Klum, Vera Wang, Alex and Ani. And, of course, the legendary, absolutely legendary Imagineer himself, Joe Road. If you don't know the name, I'm sure you've seen him. He's the one guy you see on all the <laughs> Disney documentaries that oh, has, yeah. like, the, the almost almost the Jack, uh, Jack Sparrow earring coming off. Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, what is he now, the vice president? Of, he's close to it. I think he's the vice president of Imagineering for the parks and resorts. I know he was the lead on Pandora, which, you yes. know, but, uh, no, so he's, um, and I, oh, you know what? I think he's actually the lead on the star Wars projects now too. I think he's the head of star Wars and Marvel for the parks. Uh, so that he, doesn't surprise me. He's got a lot on his plate, but you can guarantee those areas of the park will be beautiful when he's done with it. Absolutely. According to some internal memos that have been circling around, there's a projection. We finally, after hearing a delay, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is predicted to open in February of 2020. Yeah, that puts it about a a month and a half or two months ahead of its delayed projected opening. Right. So, I mean, by rights, it was supposed to be open in the fall. But again, I think we talked about it in a previous episode with uh, them kind of allocating all their resources to Galaxy's Edge. So, yeah. Jay, I know that we had talked offline a little bit and we had looked at a picture. Guys, there's a picture out there of the California... Yeah, it was an well, yeah, it's the employee weekend. It was everyone that's going to be working at Galaxy's Edge, and I, I got to tell you, Jay, I was blown away oh, at I seeing know. the finished landscapes. It it looks unbelievable. I'm, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. Yeah, so we'll try to. I think maybe we'll post that picture on uh, on on the Facebook page uh, yeah. later on. Um, so I think we're going to go now to the topic of the week. And like I said in the opening, we're going to do a little bit differently this week. Uh, I'm going to, we're going to talk about some experience we, experiences we've had at the parks. Uh, I'm going to go with the Wild Africa Trek. Um, I'd like to say that this is the one time that I laughed in the face of death. I sneered at doom and chuckled at catastrophe. <laughs> now, maybe that's a little hyperbole. But uh, the Wild Africa Trek is a, a tour that you kind of go through a walking version of Kilimanjaro safaris. It is expensive. It's $189 to $249. Uh, you must be eight years old. You must wear closed-toed walking shoes. Those are some of the basics. Now, again, it is primarily a walking tour. It is outdoors, and for the most part, it is rain or shine. If you're going to get those crazy tropical storm days where it's just going to rain all day. You, you may not go. Always uh, prepare you, for those in Florida. Right, but, but you do need to dress appropriately, like Jay said, ponchos or, I mean, even a light jacket. Um, 
I know when I was down there in November, and I it was you know I had to buy a hoodie at the Animal Kingdom because oh, it, yeah. was, it was chilly at night. I mean, I was there at the parks at night, and that was it. Um, this tour does originate in Harambe Village, which is right outside of Kilimanjaro Safari. Just a little area around around there. You've got a um, Festival of the Lion King off to the side, and and the marketplace over in front of you. Um, so it is right to the right of Kilimanjaro Safaris. Um, theme park admission is required, but not included in the price of the tour. You do have to pay to get into the park on that day you're taking the tour, which that's actually the case with, I want to say, 93% yeah. of the tours. I know there's one or two tours that the tour is so astronomically priced that you actually get included <laughs> in mission. Right. Uh, so... Also, they do stress no dangles, and, and man, I hate dangling. A little, <laughs> little Lion King joke for you guys. Um, basically, nothing that can fall off. Bracelets, um, crazy earrings like Joe Rody would wear, obviously. Right. Um, necklaces, stuff like that. That does include magic bands. Um, so you get magic bands. Uh, any of this jewelry is going to be stored in the locker. You're going to have the key for it right near the starting point, which, which is surprising. Because magic bands, I don't consider a dangle. But how many no. times have you been on a ride where that pops off your wrist if you flex the wrong way or it's too mm-hmm. tight? I mean, so I, I understand it. Um, so it is, like we said, a three-hour tour. Well, at least you're not in the water. Three-hour tour. Right, <laughs> right. I'll tell you what. Glad we both pulled the same joke on that one. Yeah, yeah, so there we go. I mean, so Jay, I don't know how familiar – you're very familiar with the area, I'm sure – um, so oh, we yeah. actually start off over near Gorilla Falls. So you take a little bit, almost like halfway through okay. Gorilla Falls. There's a little walking tour initially. And then you make your way backstage, uh, for lack of a better term. But then you're going to go on safari. So for those of you who are familiar, when you go on Kilimanjaro safaris, you're on a gigantic open-air vehicle. Right. You, you're going around. Ah, boy, it's, it's, it's over 100 acres. You're not walking all oh, 100 yeah. acres Easily. here. But um, so, so what happens is you kind of go past the giraffes. You're walking past the giraffes. Now, there's no visible separation between you and the, the giraffes, the rhinos, you know, some of the, some of the avian uh, bird species there, the ostriches, the emus. Uh, there's nothing really separating you from them that you can see. Uh, rest assured that Disney is not Jurassic Parking it up out here and letting you roam free with the animals. Uh, you are separated. It's a fun tour. Um, I, you know, you, you walk through the jungle and the grasslands, and Jay, like, you know, that's kind of the progression. You go past the Okapis mm-hmm. and whatnot, and you get into the savanna area. So think about where the Okapis are. They're one of the first animals. You kind of right. pick up the tour at that point of the safari. Okay. Um, so, like I said, you do go past the giraffes and the savannah, the rhinos, uh, ostriches, some flamingos, uh, some cranes and whatnot. It's kind of a nice little leisurely stroll. But that not really... for the slight fear of, is there really separation here? Right. But, again, you're not really seeing much that's going to get you. I mean, sure, the right. rhinos, the rhinos, if they wanted to, you're done. Let's be honest. You're done. The hippos, too. Right. The rhino wins every time, <laughs> but, but see, that was the appetizer because up ahead in the distance, you see a bloat or a pod of hippos. If you don't want to call them a bloat, <laughs> your guide does give you a history on these massive semi-aquatic mammals. Um, and you're hanging over a cliff looking down at them. 
we say hang, you're uh, you're clapped on. So so you're wearing right. a, a not a repelling vest, but you do get a vest when you start out, and it has a, a harness on it, and you're clipped onto a wire. Now the rhinos aren't a huge deal because they're not going to jump at you. They're fast, but they're not going to jump at you when you're hangover. So you're not at ground level with them. But one thing I did like about this part of the tour is they bring some lettuce and some other treats for the oh, fourth nice. hippos. And they throw it down. Jay, have you ever looked directly into a hippo's mouth? When, <laughs> no, when you are above it, probably six feet looking straight down at it. Oh, I bet that's terrifying. Dude, massive. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Just massive, massive creatures. They're exquisite, though, really. I mean, they're... A... And, and was... um, unlike what most people think... They're not as docile as you would imagine either. No, they're actually no. some of the strongest, most violent animals. Yeah, yeah. So that's the thing. So you do learn that, and again, that's why you're up above them. Right. Now the next one that you go up above, after you do this, you're walking around and you've got some fancy stuff. So you see the jaws and the teeth in action, and that's impressive. But up ahead in the distance, you see some rickety old bridges. But the fun doesn't stop. Because you're walking directly to those bridges. And you got some planks missing on these things. You get some wire ropes on the side. And what do you see underneath you? Jay, you see a bask of crocodiles. Oh, wow. A, I mean, you're about 10 to 12 feet above them. And you're thinking, that's comforting. Let me tell you something about crocodiles, folks. They will and can, with the strength in their tails... They can reach up to 12 or 15 feet. The bigger ones. Absolutely. It is. Now, you think the hippo thing is awesome. There was. And I don't frighten easily when it comes to animals. Mm -hmm. Especially because, you know, you. I don't want to say that that was the longest walk across a rope bridge of my life. But there is genuine fear. Like, what if this crocodile goes rogue? You know, I mean, there's, yeah, I, there's I can't say I've had a... 30 of these guys there. Jay, now you want to talk about a majestic creature. These things are impressive. You have a, a new respect for crocodiles and, and how long they have. I don't oh, want to say are. survived evolution and, and, and whatever your thoughts on evolution are. But they've, they've been around forever. I mean, and like they, I said, I've not had any personal experiences with them, but well, I am a huge and have been for a long time, a huge fan of the show Swamp People. Yep. And seeing what they go through to, to yeah. tag these things out, oh, right. man, these th- these guys are absolutely powerhouses. Right. So, again, luckily, it only appears that you're going to be in potential danger here. Um, a lot of safety. And, and I, I will say, I did some quick research. There have been, I mean, some sprained ankles and whatnot injury-wise because it is right. rough terrain. But there have been no animal human interactions that have resulted in any injury to either party the animal or the human which i think is fascinating because if you've ever been on the tour field or if anyone out there does get to go on it there's a lot of interaction even on just kilimanjaro safari there's a lot of interaction with the animals on this tour and again like i said you're at this tour for for three hours and and these two spots back to back 
it's it's incredible. It, it's I don't want to say it's life changing because I feel like we use the term life changing <laughs> way too much. Not us in general, but but in general, oh, sure. that was life changing. Oh, this happened. Oh, it rained sideways. That was life changing. No, yeah. it's not life changing. It's cool to see. This was. I mean, listen. I came away, and I've always kind of admired hippos because, like you said, Jay, nasty little buggers. They're not a oh, happy yeah. species of animal, and crocodiles clearly aren't either. Uh, but you have a newfound respect for their ability to just rip you limb from limb if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. So you, you're really living in their world at that point. So right. it was an exhilarating experience, both of those. The 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 clip above the hippos. Like I said, you don't really appreciate how big a hippo's jaws and and teeth are. I mean, they. I, sure. I again, not not that they're carnivores, not that they're carnivorous, but they, no, they, they would no. crush you if they wanted to. They're they're uh, very protective. Yes, they. Well, see, that's the thing. So you do learn about the the, the habitation and, and and how they are, and hippos very very protective. Crocodiles not mm-hmm. so much. I oh, they have a problem with that. I I think that you know crocodiles kind of just know that they're a badass and that's it (laughs) right right so which is why uh, surprisingly enough they are actually very very quick on land contrary to belief they all they're yeah they are they're very what was i watching oh there's a youtube video obviously (laughs) of the guy i mean this this was this was a grown man that was doing walking around the beach in a swamp area you know in, in a swampy land right and he's walking along the water and he's fishing, you know, and he's got this, he's got, he's got his line out there mm-hmm. and, and he's, and he's getting pulled and, he, and he's kind of walking sideways and he doesn't know what's on the end of the line because crocodiles and, and alligators, similar concept, completely different animals, but similar in this story. Right, right. They do hide themselves mostly underwater. Yeah. So when you go to a zoo or, or any of these parks and you see a crocodile's head or an alligator, you're like, oh, that's not that big. Go to the side and look at this thing underwater. They're massive. Oh, yeah. Massive creatures. When this man, I will tell you, he would have beat Usain Bolt in a foot race. Because he had a <laughs> crocodile on the end of that line and he didn't know. Oh, man. And that crocodile, when it got to the shallows, that thing was off like a shot. So, mm-hmm. granted, the crocodile was more interested in what was on the end of the line. So he didn't pay much mind to the guy that was screaming away that needed new shorts. But let me tell you. <laughs> It, it was. It's out there. Check it out. It's fantastic. He's we lucky that the croc didn't start a death roll on him. <laughs> well, he's he's lucky for a lot of things. Let's say yeah, that. This is true. <laughs> it's, uh, so, so if you don't know what the death roll is, when a when a crocodile or, or an alligator feels that they're in in danger, they do what's considered a death roll. They literally do, for lack of a better term, for all you uh, video game fans out there, they do a barrel roll until they're completely they feel they're completely safe you get caught in one of those and it's it's yeah you're you're a goner at that point it's like it's like getting caught in a tornado yes so just keep in mind this this is it's again a three-hour tour you have about 14 people on this so it's a fairly intimate experience which we liked too um mm-hmm. so after everyone crosses the bridge there's a vehicle um it's it's believe it or not a little more open air than the buses you take oh, on wow. the safari which i don't understand how it's possibly more open air but it, Those things are pretty open. Yeah, so it's a pretty authentic experience. Uh, nice. You do drive to what they call a Boma. Now, you're going to say to yourself, well, Boma, that's the name of a restaurant. Well, right. Bo- Boma is, uh, you know, in Swahili, it's it's along the lines of like eating place, and, and that's the point of it. So you're going to a Boma, not the Boma. 
<laughs> distinction has been noted. And you're going to get some authentic food. Now, Jay, I will have you understand that you know, you've only known me for 10 weeks or so, but you know I'm not a foodie. Right. I didn't eat one thing. <laughs> really? Okay. So at the beginning, they'll give you a steel water bottle. So mm-hmm. that's yours to keep. So you, there's several places throughout that you can refill your water. Um, so they give you chicken curry, uh, some fruit, some shrimp, some hummus, and an edible purple orchid. Um, Interesting. So I ate none of it. Uh, <laughs> Megan ate, uh, I think, a little bit of the chicken curry, uh, some of the fruit, obviously, uh, and, and some of the hummus. She, she doesn't eat seafood. Neither one of us eats seafood. Uh, she did eat a leaf of the of the purple orchid, and actually, I did like I did try the purple orchid. I, I mm-hmm. it tastes like wax. It doesn't have any taste or anything. Uh, they are fairly eclectic snacks. Now, fear not. I know that I did earlier say that eight eight and up. They do have like a peanut butter and jelly option for the kids. They right. just you kind of take that beforehand. I will say one thing. They have like a, a tropical jungle juice they serve you. It's I don't want to say it's papaya. Oh, but, um, it's uh, like it, a, a papaya mango. Yeah, so it, it's um, a tropical fruit blend. So yeah, papaya mango. It's, it's uh, the same I, juice they serve at um, Oh Crud. What's the name of it? It's the uh, restaurant right there next to Kilimanjaro Safari. They have the amazing uh, breakfast. Oh, uh, the Tusker House. Yes, Tusker House. Yeah, you're a big Tusker and House I'll guy. I'll say too. I am. I'm not much of a foodie. I'm very much a meat and potatoes kind of guy. So yeah, I'd probably be like you. I'd probably try the chicken curry. I'd probably eat the chicken. I wouldn't touch the fruit. Shrimp, we do eat a lot of. Um, the orchid, I'd probably try it, but I probably wouldn't do a whole lot with it. I mean, it wasn't much to it, to be honest with you. I mean, it's literally it's a flower. I mean, it's that, yeah. So, um, but the juice was great. So I tried. Oh, yeah, that juice, juice is amazing. The, the juice was fantastic. Um, but again, it didn't take away from it. Didn't take away from the experience. So. I didn't necessarily go on this experience on this tour for the snack, you know? Right, so right. to me, it didn't necessarily take away from the experience because I felt like I got my money's worth through the first half of the tour. Anyway, we do have a couple of things we want to talk about with it where I, the food stuff didn't necessarily make or break the experience for me. Um, so I think it really can only enhance it if you're into that adventurous eating. And it does add to the theme. Cause I mean, this is a pretty authentic experience when Again, I've never been to Africa and taken a two-week safari, but but for a homogenized version of it, I'm sure this is very close to being as authentic as possible. Right. Uh, and um, so while just, you're at just this, as a uh, aside here, I did mm-hmm. while we, while you were talking, I looked up at what it is that is in that jungle juice. It's orange juice, guava, and passion fruit. Oh yeah, passion fruit. That's yes. That's yeah. So yeah. So it is. I'll tell you what though, Jay, it's legit. I'm at the make. It some. is. It's I'm amazing. I'll have my wife pick up some guava and passion fruit when she's at work. <laughs> you know? uh, so the one thing I will say, this outpost, you, you do see it when you're on the safari. If you know where the flamingo pool is on the left side of your vehicle, there's a little tower outpost right there. Mm-hmm. That is where you go on the Wild Africa trek. So now that we have a point of reference, that's got a 360-degree deck. And you're yeah. just on the savanna. Some I'm of the sure that is an absolute get, sight to behold. Jason, it is breathtaking. I'm sure. Breathtaking. You forget you're in Central Florida. I'm sure. They've they've done amazing. They do amazing with their theming in general, but just with that area, the the parks is absolutely phenomenal. Right. 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 So then after that, they give you a healthy half hour, 40 minutes or so to kind of look around and eat your little snack. And Mm -hmm. there's some little side trails you can take and, 
obviously you're not free to roam. There, there's certain areas you can go to, and you know it's an honor system thing. We'll talk a little bit about an honor system. I think a little later on that we were discussing uh, offline, um, but. So you do get back on the bus. You go uh, have some encounters with some white rhinos. You're in the vehicle at this point, though. You do encounter some lions as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do. It's similar to the path you take around the lions. And again, I think a lot of that has to do with the built-in security that you can't see uh, for the lions and for yourself. I, I don't know that you're really able to get into the lions den, as they say. And right. I think that may, I think that makes sense. I, I think that's. That's the right play. But you do get a nice view of them. You do get a nice view of the white rhinos. And you do actually get pretty up close with the elephants. The elephants kind of takes you uh, a little bit closer than you mm-hmm. get on the safari. And, and elephants, for the most part, they're a lot, a lot of fun to see when they're engaged and playful. And I think, again, we could talk ad nauseum about, uh, about what they do for the animals. And, and it is a world-class facility. So the animals do right. seem generally... Happy. I mean, obviously, would they be happier roaming freely, you know, in their land? Sure, but we're not here right. to debate that. We're here to talk about what's in front of us. So, um, my overall recommendation for this is, is I guess the question you have to ask yourself: Is it similar to Kilimanjaro safaris? It is. It's 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 the same land. You're not seeing anything you really wouldn't see beforehand, but you are seeing it from such a different vantage point. You can't get off haunted mansion and walk around the mansion you can't get off of dinosaur and go check out the animatronics <laughs> right you know you can't uh, perfect example you can't swim through splash mountain you have yeah. to stay in the log <laughs> you know this is the, you're walking around this safari that otherwise is a great attraction i think it's the number uh, what three or four attraction on our Something on our like top that, 10 yeah. list from last week it's it's such a different experience. I, I would, oh, sure. I personally am, and again, like I said, my wife Megan, we went on it a few years ago. We would both recommend it. Um, I would even say if we went down uh, for an anniversary or something without the kids, we may even look at doing it again. That's that's how good we thought it was. Wow. Um, you, you know something is, we might I, have to look into. So, so you know what it is? Is you come away with a newfound respect for the creatures you learn about. And I'm I think sure. we've we've talked about the 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 educational aspect of a lot of things that Disney does, that you do learn accidentally, mm-hmm. but this isn't so accidental. It it's uh, it's there. You're learning. You get a little bit more in depth with what you're learning. Um, so really, one thing I would say, they do give you a keepsake CD because the two tour guides do take pictures of you personally. Okay. Uh, again, without the magic bands though. They can't put them directly to your magic band, so they do sure. send you a disc afterwards. I don't know if they've digitized it at this point. That was one of my notes. I'm not sure if they have digitized it where they can go back and put it on your magic band afterwards. Because, I mean, they, it's only 14 people. They know who's on each tour. So I don't know if right. they've gone back and done that yet. Well, um, it may be that what they do is they just take the entire trip and, and digitize all the pictures and just right. connect it to your room. Right, well, because then ultimately what happens is, is, too, they give you a bunch of the best shots they've ever taken. Not of sure. other people. That would be creepy. Of the <laughs> yeah. animals and uh, just the various sites and the settings of the, of the area. So, uh, like I said, I would, I would 100% recommend it. My wife would 100% recommend it. And I think if you guys get a chance, you should go check it out. Absolutely. We'll have to. We'll have to look at it and see, see what we can find. So, next here is my experience. 
as we stated earlier, this is going to be concerning CWP licensure and the the handling and care while you're on Disney site because the Disney rules are very different from the actual rules of Florida State. And and we'll we'll discuss that once we get to that point, but in case you don't know, CWP stands for concealed weapons permit. Goes by a lot of different names in a lot of the different states, but the the general knowledge of what's going on is pretty much the same. It's you've got a license to carry a weapon without declaring you're you're carrying it. There are some places that have what's considered open carry, which you know would be almost like if you're a, a police officer and you've got your weapon on your, your hip out in, in public view where everyone can see. That's not the case with this license. It is concealed and you can't see it unless you know you're really looking for it. Or you just know what to look for. So, just a little bit of background. The the laws in Florida, um, we're looking at a minimum age. If you have to be 21, that's pretty much a countrywide thing. You've yeah, that sounds be pretty standard, yeah. Yeah. Um, can, Florida is considered a shall-issue state, which means to be able to have a concealed weapon, you have to have a permit, and they will issue one as long as you meet the criteria to do so. Um, like I said, open carry is not legal in Florida, except for a few limited ex- ex- exceptions, such as when you're out fishing, camping, you're doing lawful hunting or target practice. Open carry is allowed in those situations, but definitely not in a normal, you know, out in public type situation. No weapons allowed signs in Florida are not enforced. Granted, there are places like um, state houses and and public facilities where you are not allowed to carry. That's pretty much standard in any state. Your your courthouses, your your federal lands, you're not allowed to carry there. But most places, like in in South Carolina, if you if I were to walk up to say a movie theater and it has a sign that says no guns allowed, I would have to walk back take my weapon off, store it safely in my vehicle before I could go into that place. Yeah, you could probably go in and nobody would know, but you don't want to get caught with it because that's that's a federal offense. So, so, uh, I I will plead ignorance on anything to do with this topic. I will level with you right now. I'm not against concealed carry. Listen, I think everybody's got the right. Sure. So, no weapons allowed are not enforced. So what's yes. the point of me having the sign at that point? Just for public comfort? Uh, to a certain extent. So even if you put, if you were a business and you put up a sign that said no guns allowed, yeah. it does not actually carry the weight of the law. So if, say, you called the police and said, I've got somebody who's got a weapon on my property and I've got a no guns allowed sign. They're going to say, they can't okay, do great. Anything Thanks for calling. It's not a yeah. criminal offense. Okay. All right, thank you. I was, I'm reading that saying, oh, it's just okay. You know, it's like no shirts, no shoes, no service. Yeah, <laughs> right, but, right. but we'll make an exception. Right. So, yeah, which is that that particular rule actually plays into the deal with Disney because Disney does not allow weapons on site. But once again, no weapons allowed signs are not enforced. So, 
like I said, this is something we're going to get into in, a, in just a little bit. I'm just going over the general handgun rules for yeah, Florida. Yeah. Right, right. So you in South Carolina, if I were to be stopped by a police officer for speeding or, or he just stops me on the side of the road to ask me a question or something and ask for my driver's license, at the same time I'm pulling out my driver's license, I have to pull out my concealed weapons permit and hand that to him as well as a notification of, hey, just so you know, I am carrying so that they're aware of it and they know that they need to take special precautions of, okay, if he, and, and usually what happens if, is when you hand them the, the CWP license, the first thing out of their mouth is, okay, where is it? Right. Personally, I'm, I'm a small of the back person, so it's in the back of my belt. And I would say to him, I, sa- I will say it's in the back of my belt. He'll say, okay, whatever, we, whatever you do, don't reach back there and we'll be good. <laughs> you know, because they right, don't want you reaching and, and grabbing it and pulling it out on them. So I know that you have a secret passion, and so do I. That we both watch live PD. Yes. So there was a guy, and I don't, I don't think it was, I think it, I don't think it was South Carolina, but it was, it, it was somewhere, and I forget where it was. That they've been all over the place lately. Oh, it might have yeah. been Indiana. I know there were a ton in Indiana a couple of weeks ago. So they, they pulled the guy over, and so what you just described, textbook on what happened in this stop. They stopped him for speeding. He handed them both, you know, he had his CWP and he had his license and said, hey, this is, where is it? It's on, you know, my right hip. They said, okay, right. keep your hands up on your steering wheel. We won't have any problems. No, no, no horse crap, nothing. It was very straightforward. It was, and, you know, you get, you, get, you hear marginalized people, you hear narrow-minded fanatics on, on both sides of this argument. Oh, yeah. But if you just follow the rules, it, it's, yeah. It's not that. It's not that hard. Yeah, it's on it my really right hip, officer. Keep your hands up. You got it. And Let and that's know. another thing too. I am very much a a free speech, you know, type. You know, free speech. You don't have the right to to illegally search and, and seizure of my right. property type things. But if you're in the presence of an officer, even if it really is crossing the line on what they should and should not do, best bet just while they're there, do what they're asking. <laughs> do what they're asking <laughs> right listen we could go off on a tangent here there's a guy on youtube that has these videos where like he doesn't do anything because he's got these statutes and he's like oh this one i don't have to give you this da, da, da. and he has a sign made up where like he doesn't have to answer any of your questions right and it's like you know i get the letter of the law you don't you don't technically have to answer it fine right these guys come on just you know they they pulled you over because you, you changed lanes while speeding or you, you didn't have a blinker or whatever it was. You ran a red light or, you know, right. listen, officer, that's on me. My bad. Do what you need to do. Like, right. you know, <laughs> like, like, uh, no, I get it. No, we, we're, no, nope. You're right. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. Keep All going. Right. So, and, uh, while we're talking about that, that particularly notifying the laws, the officer that you are carrying that's actually not a law in Florida. If, right. if you're pulled over, you do not have to notify them that you have a, a gun on your person. Well, this is actually, if you if you want to look it up, it is Florida Statute 790.06, Paragraph 1. Oh. But you don't have to notify them. Um, you are allowed to carry it in your vehicle, as in, like, if you don't have a, a, a IWB, which is in waist, in, in waist belt, Mm-hmm. Um, holder, 
you can carry in your vehicle as long as it's in a quote-unquote secured area, meaning that it has a lid or a door that can be closed. Okay. Florida Statute 790.251. All right. No. By the now same before, token. Now, right. So I have a question on that. Before we go into Disney's policies and any further, people are probably wondering, listening to the podcast, are they listening to the Disney guys uncensored? What is this about? Now, guys, you got to take for granted here, people do drive to Disney. So this is Myself pretty included. informative. Right. So this is informative stuff. Maybe it's it's not you know, uh, cotton candy and, and a Mickey pretzel, but this is actually very informative stuff. And it's actually going to be very helpful if you do drive down there and you do carry sure. to know this information. And that's why we thought it was important to get this out there and to give you Disney's rules on it, because we just want you guys to understand this is, this is experiences we've had in yes. these instances. And, it, and a lot of people do drive down there. It's not just, you know, all flights in. So it's good information for you guys to have out there. Absolutely. And that's why we're trying to keep it as fact-based as possible right. and not bringing politics into it. Because this is very important information that, right. especially in, in the, the Southeast, is something that is an everyday occurrence. Right. You'd be probably be surprised in the Southeast of America how many people are actually concealed carry holders. Right. And listen, we're not going to try to overstate and say we're trying to save a life. That That's not it, okay? Absolutely. But, but. You know, these are the rules. These are the regulations. We're giving you the statutes. Okay, that, That's what we're doing here. We're just giving you facts for stuff that, hey, people do it. Not me. Again, like I said, it's not something that I do. But, Jay, we know you do it. We've talked about it. And we felt comfortable enough that we thought this would be something that would be of great value to you, our listeners. So right. that's, that's why we're talking about it tonight. Right. And uh, one other law that, that's worth noting, and, and you'll see why here in just a little bit. Florida law, like I said, you have to, if you're not carrying your gun on your person, it has to be in a secured area. Now, by the same token, there is a actual very specific law that mentions if you are going into work and you're leaving your, your, your firearm in your vehicle, that's actually not allowed except in some special special instances like um, state grounds and um, federal federal agencies such as you know SBI FBI type locations. Mm -hmm. You're not allowed to keep it in your vehicle for an extended period of time. But and once again, this is another one of those kind of weird laws that. The, the officers cannot question you if you have a directly question you if you have a vehicle uh, a weapon in your vehicle they cannot illegally search your vehicle for a weapon and they cannot have any sort of draw uh, guns uh, gunpowder sniffing dogs or anything to that effect to search vehicles on their premises so you're not allowed to carry it in your keep it in your vehicle if you're not in there but they're not allowed to ask or search for weapons in vehicles either. It's it's kind of a weird law. Like I said, that's something that we'll get to in a little bit when we get to the actual rules and regulations of Disney. So, um, one of the websites that has a lot of information on different carry laws in different states is usconcealedcarry.com. One of the... I guess you could say the the owners of that site actually sent an email directly to Disney asking specifically what their rules are on concealed weapons and handguns in general in and around their parks. 
And this is verbatim what was said in that response. It may interest you to know that we have a very strict policy regarding firearms. Our policy is that no guns are permitted in our theme parks or resorts. If a resort guest brings one on property, because they know, of course, there's going to be people that are traveling, they want to have it for their protection while they're traveling. If one brings, if a resort guest brings one on property, it must be locked up in a safe deposit box at the front desk, not in a room safe. If guests visiting the parks bring in firearms, it must be either left in their vehicle, which once again is another weird law like we talked about a minute ago. <laughs> right. It must be left in their vehicle or checked in with security when entering the park. Only on-duty law enforcement officers, also known here on out as LEOs, law enforcement officers, whose agency has jurisdiction at Walt Disney World Resort, may carry any weapon. If you have any questions for further assistance, feel free to contact us. Please note, all information is subject to change without notice and should be confirmed prior to your visit. Right. So, one, uh, there's several things to discuss here. On-duty LEOs whose agency has jurisdiction at Walt Disney World Resort. Right. Most of the time, anywhere in the country, if you're an LEO, it doesn't matter what the, the no guns allowed signs are. A lot of times, you're able to carry because you are LEO. Right. But even in Disney, unless you have specific jurisdiction over them, their parks or their resorts, even LEOs are not allowed. I will say this, as far as me personally, and I've, I've got a couple of forums that I go to concerning uh, concealed weapons, of anywhere, Disney is probably the one place I'm not worried about carrying my handgun with me. Disney has not only, I'm sure you've seen their security as you're coming into the park, they have plain clothes in the park, they have people that are watching from on top of buildings. This is probably just as secure as the White House, if not more secure. Seriously, these guys take it seriously, and I would expect no less from them. This oh, is Jay, a, oh, it's a Jay, perfect right. target, in all honesty. No, Jay, let's be honest. You, I, listen, we have a lot of fun. We joke about a lot of things. I, I wouldn't screw around with this particular policy. No. You want to you jump a fence at a hotel and, and go into the, someone's pool while you know, you're not really staying at that hotel? That's fine. They'll probably ask you to leave it. They may not even know. Right. This, I would not do that. I would not jump a fence with a gun here. I God would, no. I just, it's, um, and like we said earlier, uh, you know, the part of leaving in the vehicle, that's for those day guests. I mean, if, right. you, if you live in the panhandle, you're driving down for the day, which seems like a pretty far drive, actually. But you get what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> you're just over the border in Georgia or Alabama, and you're coming down. I, there's a chance you have it with you. That's sure. it. it. You know, that that's – and, you know, like Jay said, maybe the law doesn't make sense to everybody. You know, keep it in your car. Don't keep it in your car. They can't check. Who knows? Right. But they do offer you to check it with security at the parks as well. So that's – Absolutely. They do and, enough on their end, I feel like. To make it accessible, where like, listen, when you're in the park, just we'll lock it in a lockbox. Here it is, you know. I, right. And it's also worth noting. I'm sure a lot of people are thinking, you know what? Even if for whatever reason 
somehow someone got into the park with a gun to try and cause some sort of mayhem. Yeah. Something that a lot of people may not realize when you're actually walking down, you know, the main street USA, anywhere within Disney world, technically you're on the third floor. There are two sub floors of tunnels and ways of getting around the park that if anything like that were to happen, uh, you're almost swarm, assured swarm. before anything would happen, they would be swarmed. Yep. <laughs> they, like they, that old Seinfeld episode they, when uh, Uncle Leo steals the book. Right. Swarm, right. swarm. I just wanted you to scare them. <laughs> They're not going to scare you guys, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> one of the forums I was on, somebody was, it was just joking around. They said, I could just see it now. If somebody were to actually get into the parks, as soon as they pulled it out, pulled out the weapon, yeah. could you imagine, Dumb. you know, hundreds of of armed security guards coming out with Mickey masks on, yeah. talking in Mickey right. Mouse <laughs> voices, right. saying, "All right, stop it." <laughs> it's like that time that Stewie Griffin got accosted by, a, or Stewie or Peter got accosted by that uh, roving Tom Brokaw gang. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, it's frightening. It's a frightening concept. <laughs> yeah, the Tom like said, thing, so... A bunch of Mickey Mouse security guards. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's terrible. We're so laughing, but please don't change. It's a very serious topic, guys. We, we are, <laughs> it is. We are, it we're is. trying to make it light, but, you know. It's, uh... So my personal experience, just in all honesty, it's just been this year. Um, my wife and I took a trip, just the two of us, actually just maybe a month or so before we started this podcast. I went up until this point, I've always left my weapon at home because I know Disney is very strict on their rules and I just didn't want to deal with it. But right around the time, in fact, it's probably the reason that Drew actually asked me to come onto this podcast because we're actually in a discord chat for another podcast. And one of the, the, sub forums in that discord chat was a travel and dining and me and him had talked a couple times about disney and i actually kind of was talking to him when i was down there about how i was a cwp holder and the reason i actually brought it was because i wanted to experience firsthand how they dealt with weapons when you came onto property so we get there that day my wife and i get to the uh resort we go to check in and um, we are in line to waiting to check in, and it's it's kind of busy. There were some uh, cheer competitions going on at the time, so it was fairly busy. When aren't there cheer competitions going on? <laughs> this is true. And we were actually staying at Coronado, which is one of the more preferred, I guess you could say, um, destinations for That's competitions nice because they've got the convention center connected right there with yep. it. It's a nice resort. It is. It, it, that was our first time there, and, and my wife fell in love with it. Um, but so we, we get in line. We're waiting. And as we've got this, this lady that's checking us in, I will say she was not the normal desk clerk because all the desks were full. She kind of pulled us aside with her iPad and said, hey, I'm going to go ahead and take care of you so that we can get some more people in and out a little bit quicker. And as she's getting us checked in, I happened to pull out my, my CWP permit and I placed it on the table and I said, I need to take care of this as well. She said, all right, we'll, we'll definitely get that taken care of. Uh, just give me a minute. She said, I'll have to call security. 
So as she's getting everything else ready, she calls security. They come over, and uh, security guard is already aware of what's going on. Um, no one asks to see or where my my weapon is at the time. They just say, okay, just follow me. So me, my wife, the security guard, and the, the lady that was checking us in were all escorted to a back room. Um, they open the door. We all go into this room. And there's a bunch of safety deposit boxes there. He hands me a form. He says, okay, fill this out. I have to declare, you know, my name. It's got my, my permit number on there as well. The, um, it asks what the make and model of my weapon is, how many rounds are in the chamber, um, and the estimated value of the firearm itself. After that's filled out, they open up a safety deposit box. They mark down the number of that box on the form. The security guard puts his signature on there saying, yes, I witnessed this, as well as the desk clerk that was helping us out. She was a witness to this as well. And so what happens is they never, once again, they never ask to, to touch the weapon. They know that that's a very touchy subject with a lot of gun holders. They, do not let anybody touch their weapon, obviously so, because it could be turned on them. Right. Um, they open up the box. I place it in the box. The, bo- the box is put back into the, the bank there, and it's got two keyholes. One of those keyholes is kept by, keys is kept by security. The other one is placed in my hand, and I have to maintain that key until I check out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've I've kept the key with me throughout the the time we were there. And when we got ready to check out, (laughs) which I I found out later that the lady that checked us in was a manager, which is why it seemed to go fairly smoothly. Right. Because we checked out, it was probably about four or five in the morning because we wanted to get home at a decent hour. It's about an eight to ten hour drive when you include any stops for rest breaks, meals, stuff like that. Um, so we wanted to get out as soon as possible so we can get home at a decent hour. So it was very early. It was, like I said, four or five o'clock in the morning, something like that. Walk up to the desk clerk and I mentioned to the desk clerk, I said, I'm getting ready to check out. I need to pick up my firearm. She then gave me a very odd look and said, let me go speak to my manager. Like I said, I didn't realize it. The first time when I checked everything in that it was actually a manager I was speaking with, the on-duty desk clerks, I don't think that they're entirely informed as to the fact that they actually have these lock boxes. This is something that the managers have to take care of. Obviously so. I can understand that. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. And so the checkout process took quite a bit longer because of that. Um, it, she had to get her manager... Her manager asked quite a few questions of me, you know, because if I'm checking out, but I'm going to go to the park later that day, they still want to maintain that weapon until we're actually leaving the premises. They, if, if they've already got their hands on it, they don't want that to be something of, okay, I'm checking out, but I'm still going to go into the parks today. No, they're not having that. You've got to leave it there until you're actually leaving site. So, you know, there were quite a few questions of what I was doing, what my plans were, all that kind of stuff. They finally got a hold of security, got the manager. We went back, signed the form that I had received the, the weapon back. They had received their key back, and we were on our way. So, 
like I said, it was something of a bit more involved when I wasn't working directly with a manager, but it's definitely something that is, is worth noting that you're going to have a little bit of pushback here and there. There's going to be a lot of questions, but they do take this kind of thing seriously and they know that it is something that happens. Well, I think um, they should. I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing that they take it seriously. I don't want, I don't know what you want to be no. cavalier with things like this. Exactly. Exactly. Well, um, while we're talking about the, the fact that these things are not allowed on premises, one thing to take special note to Disney Springs is their property. There are a lot, a lot, a lot of stories in, in these forums about people who carry when they're going to Disney Springs thinking, oh, this is just an open-air mall. I don't right. have to think about this. You know, it may be kind of Disney-esque, but it's an open-air mall. It's not a problem. Wrong. Um, there are many stories of guys that have come carrying while they're in Disney Springs, not even attending the park, just going shopping there as, you know, they're in the area and wanted to stop by. Um, many times these officers that are there are trained to look for people carrying. Okay. Most of the time it's, it's fairly hard to notice unless you know what you're looking for. These guys are looking for it. Yeah. These guys are pros. Yes. Um, they've got dogs that they, that supposedly can sniff gunpowder. If they suspect that you've got a gun on you, these dogs will know, or, just from the way you're walking, your mannerisms, they can tell that it's there and they will approach you. Once again, according to Virginia, Virginia, good Lord, I'm sorry, Florida state law, technically, you're, you are not obligated to tell them if they come up to you and say, hey, do you happen to have a uh, concealed weapon on you? Florida state law says, no, you do not have to tell them. But once again, as we talked about earlier, you're better off just going ahead and saying yes. The worst yeah, just, that they're going to yeah. do is ask you to leave premises and let, until you are no longer armed, or they're going to say, okay, let's go put this in a safety deposit box, and then you can come back. Right. Now, if you are caught uh, and, and they come up and ask if you have a weapon and you tell them no, and they find out that you actually are, because believe me, if you tell them no, they're still going to press until they find out and are 100% sure that you are not carrying. If you tell them no and try to resist in any way, they will bring down the, the, the end of the law on you. So your best bet is just to comply and say, yes, I do. Right. And I think that's our biggest thing here is from an informational standpoint, the, the best thing you can do is to just be honest and just, yeah, I am like, it's cool. We get it. Sure. But there's there's policies they have in place that they have in place. That's right. And so, it's it's for the protection of everybody, not just for you. Right. But again, it's a slippery slope, and I understand why people are as attached to it as they would be. So Absolutely. Right. And as far as my experience, um, would I do this again? I would be willing to, but honestly, because of how much of a hassle it was when I was checking it out, checking out, more than likely, I will probably leave it home. Um, that's just me because I've never had any issues with ever being approached while I'm on the road down, on the right. way to Disney. 
But I know there are a lot of people that would rather have it than not. I will say more power to you. Just know you will meet resistance and it will take a good 30 to 40 minutes, maybe even an hour longer in terms of check in and check out. Well, that's a lot of good information. And like we said, you're probably not flying with it anyway, but right, right. So, all right. Well, again, like we said, a lot of good information. We hope you guys can take away from our experiences some information and some stuff that you maybe not think of when you think of Walt Disney World. Um, with that, I think we're going to head over to the Random House of Mouse. And today on Random House of Mouse, like we said earlier, we did have a fill-in-the-blank activity up on Facebook. And a few of you did respond, and these are your answers. We asked an attraction that you may dislike. Uh, I picked Tomorrowland Speedway. No disrespect. Uh, you know, it's a fine little ride. I know it just reopened, but that was my pick. Uh, John Blanco did pick Mickey's Fun Wheel out in Disneyland. Andrew picked Living with the Land because he's a jackass. Uh, <laughs> Jason, I, I'm glad you're here and I'm here. No, nothing? You can't think of one? I'm sure there's probably one, but off the top of my head, there's not really one I can think of. Right, right. Well, Matt Bromberg, who is bitter about Mr. Toad getting the boot, <laughs> blames Winnie the Pooh for that. Um, but Matt, I will, you know, fear not. You can go to the West Coast and check out Mr. Toad. He's still there. Uh, Jordana Izzo, uh, not a fan of Mission Space. Now, Jay, I don't that, that, hurts, one. that hurts us. But it again, does. you know, it's a personal preference thing. You know, it again, is. a lot of this is personal preference. For instance, Scott Bromberg not liking the Mad Tea Party makes a ton of sense. I've never met somebody that admits they like the Mad Tea Party. So, Scott, <laughs> I think we're with you. It's uh, a pretty standard ride. It's at almost every theme park. Yeah, you can find it anywhere. Uh, not a lot of sustainability in that one. <laughs> An attraction that I think is overrated, uh, Peter Pan's Flight. Uh, you know, for my own various reasons. John Blanco... John Blanco throws a dagger at Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Uh, John, I mean, I, to each his own. I don't necessarily know that it's overrated, but I, I get where you're coming from because sure. I was underwhelmed when I went on it the first time. I'll be honest. I was a little underwhelmed, so I can understand where you're coming from. Andrew has no respect for the classics, and <laughs> it, thinks, it thinks a small world is overrated. Uh, Jay, Frozen Ever After. Uh, I, I I think Andrew has a problem with you on this one. I'm we might sure talk about it later on. But uh, so, Jay, is it is it a Maelstrom thing or is it just is it just you feel like it doesn't belong? Because I know we've talked about it before, and I want right. to get your. Is it just that? Is it you were a fan of Maelstrom in Norway and it didn't need Frozen? No, it's it's. I think it's just more that I think Frozen is is overplayed and. It's just old to me. I mean, I enjoy, you know, um, the snowman. Olaf, yes. I'm sorry. His name is yeah, for a second. I enjoy fun. Olaf, but I think, in general, Frozen was a good movie. I think it's just overplayed and overrated. Yeah. I mean, it made, it made buku bucks. but Yes, it did. I, listen, my, my complaint with Frozen Ever After is, one, it breaks down consistently. This and is true. It, the, the ride layout is the exact same. Yeah. I mean, outside of you don't go... Outside, you don't go air quotes again outside the pavilion because i know in maelstrom the boat kind of before you went backwards that's where elsa is now so they kind of put elsa there as opposed to you used to kind of fall out of the attraction and then back down 
Yeah. Uh, I did enjoy that aspect better. Uh, Matt Bromberg, not a fan of Astro Orbiter. Similar to the Mad Tea Party, I I think everybody thinks the Astro Orbiter is overrated. <laughs> I, and I, Peter Pan's Flight, overrated. Jordana Izzo, uh, I agree with you. No complaints. Scott Bromberg, I, you think Big Thunder Mountain is overrated. I, I don't know what to tell you. I'm I, not a fan of coasters, and even I like Big Thunder. Yeah, I mean, Scott... Please reach out to us and let us know your thoughts on why Thunder Mountain is overrated. We would love to hear it and share it on the show. Attractions fact, that are underrated is what I'm we're going to tell you today. this, though. Scott Bromberg, I'll tell you what. If I get the okay from my buddies, Jay and, and Andrew, I'll have you on a random house of mouse so you can defend your status on why Thunder <laughs> Mountain is overrated. I will have you on a random house of mouse, and we will sit down and hash it out. So, Jay, what do you got next? All right, so we got attractions that we think are underrated. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see a name next to this one, but oh, I'm, yeah, just, no, that's oh, me, I'm yeah, sorry, that's, that's you. I'm sorry, I'm I'm not looking far enough ahead. <laughs> you, yeah, I gave uh, the whole you're going title, with Journey of the Little Mermaid. I love it. Hey, it, it is good. I will say that. Yep. Toy Story Mania from John Blanco. Absolutely, I, I agree. I love that ride. Mm-hmm. Mickey's Philhar Magic from Drew. You know, that's the, think, first, that's the first thing you said on this podcast that makes sense. So let's get credit. You know, <laughs> it, it is gr- a great show. Yes. Personally, I'm a fan of the Jungle Cruise. I think it's greatly underrated. But then again, I'm very much for punny humor. Oh, no, I think I no complaints here. I, I think it's underrated. Uh, my wife doesn't get my love of Jungle Cruise. I tell you, you just don't appreciate the backside of water. What do you want to tell you? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, hey, Jay, Jay, she'll get the point in the end. That's right. <laughs> can I make that joke on a family podcast? Sure. Of course okay. you can. Yes. Matt Bromberg is the uh, he thinks the people mover is underrated. I agree with that. It can get underrated. I mean, I love it personally, and I think you do too. But I can I can get yeah. behind that being underrated. Typically, we'll go on the people mover if it's been a very hot day and we just want to sit down and relax uh, for a little bit. Nothing beats it. Yep. Jordana Izzo chose the Carousel of Progress. Another, another sleeper that. pick. Yeah, I could see that. Another sleeper pick. Yeah. Scott Bromberg did the P- also chose the people mover. Yeah, him and his brother, man. Birds <laughs> of a feather. Birds of a feather, those two. They're That's great right. guys. I used to work with them. They're great guys. They really are. But, Scott, I'm not joking. Please let me know why you think Thunder Mountain is overrated. <laughs> Next, we'll move on to attractions that we love. Ryan, you chose Splash Mountain. I mean, I think, I think we've talked about that. Yeah, I think we talked about that before. <laughs> John Blanco likes Dinosaur. We Dead had a big me. discussion on that one as well. Dead to me, John. <laughs> I kid because chose... I love John. I actually really enjoy Dinosaur. I just sure. don't rate it as highly. Hey, somebody's got to play the, uh, the devil's, <laughs> devil's advocate, advocate sometimes. Yes, correct, correct. And Drew chose the Haunted Mansion. Yeah, I love that one. Here. Yep. Personally, I think I'd go for Star Tours. I don't think it's a big Again, surprise to anyone. Wasn't shocking. I actually added that for you because I knew that was your answer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so we, once again, we've got uh, Matt Bromberg is going for Splash Mountain. Yep. So is Jordana Izzo. Yep. And Scott Bromberg actually went away from his brother this time and chose Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes, yeah, Scott. Andrew might have you on the, the show to ask you why you love Pirates of the Caribbean, because I know for a fact, I was talking to him earlier, Right, he was unimpressed by it, Jay, which I find odd. I actually really enjoy Pirates as well. I but, do, too. Uh, it, it is odd that... Oh, it's a boat ride. There it is. There, there it is, guys. The Water boat and ride. boats. There you go. There it is. He doesn't... He's not a boat ride guy. 
Um, <laughs> it is what it is, I guess, you know. Um, attractions we could do on repeat. This is a good one. Uh, Kilimanjaro Safari for me. Pretty straightforward. I think we've talked about that enough, and I oh, yeah. gave you gave you a half hour on the on the safari earlier today. So, uh, John Blanco and Expedition Everest. Um, I could get down with that, Jay. I know, I know with with uh, some issues you've had you have with with oh, coasters. Yeah. So, but I will do say, it on, on repeat. Yeah, I mean it, it's a great ride, so I can understand that. Uh, sure. Scott Bromberg, just so you know, Andrew's calling you out on this one. Is he? Uh, the ride he can do on repeat is Thunder Mountain, so maybe I should let him host the segment, and you guys can hash out your problems. Uh, Jay, you picked Pirates, which I did. I, again, um, okay, well, uh, you know, maybe you and Scott can do a, a mutual admiration society. About yeah, and we could go up against Drew, two against one. Maybe we could add Scott as our fourth guy in sometimes. There you go. Um, and hey, maybe we have some brotherly battles because Thunder Mountain shows up again, Matt Bromberg. <laughs> Uh, Jordana Izzo, big fan. Uh, she could do people move around repeat, which I think we all agree with. I think we've all given the old yeah. finger wag to go around a couple of times on that. And and Scott, not a ride we've talked about a ton. Scott Bromberg picks Slinky Dog Dash. Um, I've been on it a couple of times. It's a fun ride. I don't know that I could do it on repeat, but it, it's a fun little ride. It is. I've I, been I on it before. It. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Am I going to do it on repeat? Probably not. <laughs> um, Jay, you want to take this next one? Sure. Attraction that made me fall in love with Walt Disney World. Ryan, I think I, I would have to go with you on this one. Um, definitely Journey into Imagination. The original. Yeah, the original. Not the current Dream one. Dreamfinder and Figment. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. That two floors. The rest. Oh, what, mm-hmm. an, what an experience. I, I mean, what, what you call progress, I call the rape of the natural world. This is true. It's a little Ian Malcolm for you guys. <laughs> You did spend so much time time trying to figure out what you could do. You never asked if you should. Right, and they, <laughs> they did that to journey into imagination. That's right. John Blanco chose the rock and roller coaster. Good I pick. Can get behind that. Yeah, why not? Drew chose the haunted mansion. Yeah, again, I got no complaint. It's a great ride. For me personally, I said Muppet Vision 3D. I'm just a yeah. huge fan of the Muppets. What can I say? Yeah, no. Listen, this is all about things personal experiences you for you so i mean that's i right. listen i love the muppets and i love my vision i i do i think that's another one that is in a in in, in an, an upsetting state of disrepair oh god yes so especially with the way they they get the entire auditorium into the performance yeah it's, I, I yeah okay it's, all right moving on <laughs> we could we could go we could go a long time with muppet vision yes we almost in fact, it was almost an episode this week it, it was <laughs> Matt Bromberg did Jungle Cruise. That's a good picture. Sure. Yep. Jordana Izzo chose Bud Light Your Space Stranger Spin. You know what? Like I said, that's, it was all personal personal preference. Sure. Yep. It, that's one ride that is probably first on our list for uh, a fast pass when we go to Disney because we enjoy the competition. There yeah. was actually one time, believe it or not, and I believe this was also because the ride stopped, but my wife and I actually got a perfect score, straight nines all the way across. Well, that's not bad. That's not <laughs> bad. And uh, we got Scott here choosing the Haunted Mansion. Oh, maybe him and Andrew won't completely disagree about everything. Good. <laughs> it looks that way, Good. doesn't it? Good. Uh, life-changing attractions. Now, again, I think this is kind of hyperbolic because I don't know that any of these attractions truly changed our lives. Okay, let's get that out of the way now. 
The Great Movie Ride for me, though, was a fairly life-changing experience in in terms of theme park attractions. I I love the movies. I I loved everything about it. I was bitter at first with Mickey and Minnie's Railway coming, but listen, again... It was was getting to the point that it was not being kept up, right? It was time, and, and that's all you can say about it. John Blanco picked Tower of Terror. Again... I, we we've we love Tower of Terror on this podcast, mm-hmm. so I, we can't talk about it enough. A Flight of Passage, our number one ride from a week ago, changed Andrew's life. Apparently, we'll have to ask him about that next week. Sure. Uh, Mission Space Orange J, I almost went Mission Space because I <laughs> adore the attraction. Yeah, I do. See, I I grew up. I wanted to be an astronaut when I was younger. That was my right. dream. Right. Of course, you know at at height of six four that was very quickly quickly put to rest yeah (laughs) i mean so now you get to live your dreams and that's i think what this is sure i I don't understand how living your dreams translates into the haunted mansion changing your life (laughs) but apparently matt and scott bromberg haunted mansion changed your life both of you congratulations on that scott when we have you on the show we'll have to talk about that as well um and a frozen sing-along Jordana, Jordana, Jordana. If you've got children, that's an all-day, everyday thing. So how does that show, though, that's the show that that makes you a fan of Disney shows? Jordana, uh, tell you sure. what, I'm going to offer you the same thing I offered Scott earlier. You come on a Random House of Mouse and explain to us how Frozen changed your life. I would love to know. I would love to know the story because again, I'm not going to come at you for it because it it's a personal experience for you. So, how did the Frozen sing along change your life? Or drop us a line on Facebook and let us know, and we'll tell the story if you don't want to come on. How does that show change your life? I'm I'm curious to know how that happened. All right, so next we've got the guilty pleasure. Ryan, you chose the uh, Grand Fiesta tour. Yeah, I mean it's low key. It's low key, but. Again, I, I don't know why, but I, I'm intrigued by Mexican culture, and, and, and I love Donald and Jose and Panchito. So yes, I just yes. thought it was one of those, it gets overlooked. It's a guilty pleasure. I'm not telling you it's the best ride ever. Right. But you know what? I enjoy it for what it is, and, and I think it's a fun little tour. I think it's a fun little ride. That's all. Sure. John Blanco chose It's a Small World. Yeah, I can understand that. Sure. Drew chose Dinosaur, surprising. I don't know how that's guilty, but okay. <laughs> I went with Muppet Vision 3D mainly because the Muppet courtyard is kind of starting to dwindle and it's in a very much in a state of disarray. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Bromberg went with Tower of Terror. All right. Jordana said the seas with Nemo and friends. Sure. Again, okay. f- fun little ride. I prefer living seas, sea base alpha, but that's, you know, that's the old man in me. It's okay. Sure. Sure. Right. I don't I actually I don't inherently have a problem with the seas with Nemo and friends because I feel like it's a very important pavilion. So sure. if, any way to get kids and people involved with it, if this is how they need to do it, I'm actually Absolutely. for it. Now I agree with you that I think the Norway overlay with Frozen doesn't do anything for the attraction or, or right. the area in an educational way. But I ultimately think that the Seas of Nemo and Friends fits the pavilion correctly. Sure, And, and I think it gets more people engaged with, with, with saving the oceans and, 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 and conservation of the oceans. So I don't have a problem with that. Sure, no problem here. Scott Bromberg says the Enchanted Tiki Room and Tropical Serenade. Now, Scott, I, I would have called you on the show for this, too, if you had said the Enchanted Tiki Room under new management. 
right. with Zazu and uh, Iago, because I those are fighting words in this household. But you want to drop those serenades, so okay, we're going to allow that. Too. It's a guilty pleasure. All right, closed attractions that we'd bring back. Ryan, you chose Alien Encounter, and I wasn't. So did John Blanco, and I think so did you. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, don't get me so. wrong. Um, I love Stitch, but the Stitch version of that pales in comparison to the Alien Encounter. Uh, it's not even. Please, it's not even close. Yeah. It's not even close. No. Drew chose the Great Movie Ride. I can see that. He's a big movie guy, so that makes sense. I think he did mention that he'd want to update it. So, I mean, I can understand that, too, but clearly that's not happening. Right. Matt Bromberg says the uh, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Yeah, I think we so, heard about that earlier. So did his brother Scott. I mean, they could just go to the West Coast and ride it. I mean, it's right there. <laughs> you Guys, know? come on. Get on our level. Jordana Izzo also picked the Great Movie Ride. Yeah, it makes sense. I'd bring it back, too. I really would. I, I'm a big fan of the ride. So, again, I wouldn't. I mean, I think you'd have to update it. I really do, obviously. Right. I think we talked about that. But uh, um, here's one that was very odd. Again, I, so I didn't write this little exercise, and Jay, neither did you. But no. so this is one of those attractions that I should have done by now but have not. I Listen, it's very hard for me to say what attraction I should do because I guess the only thing that's really open since the last time I went is Lightning McQueen's uh, little racing academy. I don't think anything's really open since then. Right. I did go with characters in flight at Disney Springs, though. I guess it's another attraction. I've never done it, and, and I, th I would like to. I, I think that uh, I think that'd be something fun to do, and I, and, I, and I regret having not done it already. I've considered doing that myself. Uh, mm -hmm. My wife is, is a little bit uh, standoffish when it comes to heights. Understandably so. Everyone has their, their vice. Mm -hmm. um, I just like seeing you know the layout from up high of, of the land and the way things look. Yeah. John Blanco picked the Grand Fiesta Tour. Hey, my man, John Blanco, I take back what I said about you earlier. That's uh, <laughs> definitely one you should have gotten on. Uh, Andrew, again, guys, spoiler alert, he is down there this week. He did yep. finally ride Frozen Ever After and is a big fan of the of the show, of the ride, rather. So, uh, again, I think that might attribute the fact that he has kids, and I know that his daughter is always a big fan of Frozen. Itself, oh, you know so. he had to go on I, it. Yeah, so I'm sure that had a lot to do with it because I think ultimately they play your nostalgia. You know, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's easy to say, oh, if your daughter loves it or my son loves it or, you know, one of your girls loves a certain something, obviously you're going to be drawn to that uh, that thing as well. Now, Jay, you picked Flight of Passage, which I, I, I did. think is pretty self-explanatory, actually. I mean, that's Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think I've mentioned it before. Uh, Animal Kingdom is probably my least favorite park. Right. I know that's fighting words for you. <laughs> no, 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 no. If Andrew was here, we'd be fighting about it. But ultimately, True. me and you, we, we're over that part of our relationship. So oh, yeah. ultimately, yeah, Flight of Passage, I do recommend you get on it. And I'm, I am taken aback at your lack of love for the park. But <laughs> I, I do understand it. I, I do. Kind of. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. Yeah, we'll, we'll go. Uh, so Matt Bromberg, um, again, so I've known Matt for... 15 years or so, I think. 15, 20 years old. Oh, 15 years anyway. And he's always been a big Disney fan. He'd never been on the Carousel of Progress. Really? Till last year. So he's in the same situation. He goes down quite a bit. So he hasn't necessarily not ridden everything yet. So he, he's pretty much on everything. But he hadn't gone on Carousel of Progress till last year. He did ride it. He did love it. So awesome. it's one of those. It's 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 a tribute to Walt more than anything else. So, it really is. That was yeah. one of them he had at the World's Fair. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, and I don't know that they're ever taking it out, to be honest with you. As much as it doesn't put the fannies in the seats, 
I don't yeah. see them it out ever. Uh, Jordana Izzo, again, kind of with you, pick Flight of Passage. Uh, makes sense. It, it It's a right if you haven't done it. You got to get on it. it it's, yeah. We could talk about it all day, but we don't need to. And Scott Bromberg, again, brothers think alike, Carousel of Progress. I don't know Scott's uh, issues with it. I don't know if he has never written it or he has written it by the time we've gone. I know, again, he's actually, I believe he's a DVC member. So, in okay. fact, maybe we'll have Scott on to talk about DVC, too. Yeah, that fact, would be great. I'll reach out to Scott and see what he's... Uh, see if he's willing to come on the show or do a little something for us. Sure. Um, so the last one here before Jay gives you a little, a little peek behind our curtain with Andrew uh, <laughs> is attraction with a favorite cue. So I know the wording on this one changed a little bit because the wording was very confusing at first. Right. Uh, so we did change it to attraction with your favorite cue. So if, if we did in fact have an issue with these, just let us know and we can, we can go back and correct it later on. I picked a Tower of Terror, but after last week's episode, I think we all know how I feel about Exhibition Everest and its <laughs> cues. So I go either way, but I went Tower of Terror when I was filling this out. Uh, John Blanco went Space Mountain. Listen, it's a fine cue. It. Yeah, it's fine. Um, again, I don't know if that was pre-wording change or not. So right. I want to give him a chance. If that's not it, then let us know. Um, Drew picked Rise of the Resistance, obviously, with the old wording. Uh, the old wording is something along the lines of um, what cue would you wait all day for or something like that. Right, so right. Some interpretation on, on what it actually meant. Uh, so Andrew did pick Rise of the Resistance because, as we've talked about, that, that cue is going to be probably three or four different setups where you're going to be. Oh, I'm uh, sure. Going. I can't wait. Um, but if he wants to change his answer, great. Uh, the Seas of Nemo, friends, Jay, you picked that. And I think we've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you're a fan of that queue. Uh, Matt Bromberg did pick the new Peter Pan's flight queue. And, and I know Jay, we've actually talked about that before. Uh, right. I may be offline conversation that you're actually a big fan of the new queue too, that you're walking I am. through, through the darling residence type thing. So get to inter- uh, interact with the, uh, the shadow. So, and Jordana Izzo picked one of our favorite cues from last week, Toy Story Mania. That's right. Again, great pick. Very whimsical, a lot of fun. Even the new one, despite the odd layout now, because uh, because you come come in the side of the building. Let's be honest, right. it's a it's you're coming in the back end where Potato yeah. Head is. It used to yeah, be the front of the queue. Yeah, it's an odd odd layout, but ultimately, it's still a great queue. Uh, and Scott Bromberg went Tower of Terror, and I think we've we've spoken about Tower of Terror enough to never speak about it again on this show. Um, <laughs> and we all know that we all love the queue. So again, to all of you guys that did fill this out. And for all of you guys that do uh, give us your feedback and on other, on other polls, we do appreciate it. You guys are the ones that drive this podcast. Sure, me, Jay, and Andrew come on here uh, every Monday and talk about things, and you guys get it on Tuesday, but you guys are the reason we do what we do. Yeah. And uh, we can't thank you guys enough for, for taking time out of your busy weeks uh, to fill out these silly little exercises. And on that note, before I turn it over to Jay, I, I don't want to issue an apology because – I stand by what we've done over the last eight weeks, and, and now when you're hearing this, the nine weeks. Um, but we understand that Disney podcasts sh- and Disney in general should be shared with the whole family. And right, right. there have been a few times where I specifically, Andrew a little bit, but more me, have probably gotten, I don't want to say aggressive, because we're still going to argue about things and we're going to disagree. It's just the nature. Andrew's my, Andrew's my cousin. We're family. It's just how we talk to each other. Rest assured that we all love each other. We're not going to, we don't hate each other off of here. No. Um, but I'm going to make a conscious choice to, to not be as, 
R-rated with my language. I will try to clean it up because I, I want you guys to be able to enjoy the podcast, listening with your family. And, and I know specifically one of our listeners, I'm not going to mention him by name, has mentioned you know that he doesn't listen with his kids anymore. And it got me thinking, you know, I have two little kids that listen to Lou Mangiello's uh, WW radio and they watch Tim and Jen tracker on, on uh, Facebook, Instagram and, and Facebook mm. and, and, and on, on YouTube. Um, and, and I think ultimately as much as we want to give you something different and we still will, I oh, just yeah. think you, you should be able to listen with your family, with your kids and not worry about what three Jack wagons are going to say <laughs> over the air. So I, I do want to apologize. I guess uh, apologize isn't the right word here, but rest assured, we are going to try to clean it up, and we do want you guys to be able to listen with your families. And to the few of you that have mentioned it, we do appreciate the feedback, and uh, we hope that you will give it another listen with your family. And, uh, Jay, I'm going to turn it over to you now. All right, so we appreciate that uh, moving forward. Drew has actually given us a bit of a, uh, a a voicemail, if you will, about some experiences he's having while he's at the park. And we'll go ahead and go to that right now. Hey, guys, it's Drew calling down from sunny Orlando, Florida, and it is hot. It has been about 90 degrees or hotter every day, and the sun is shining. Um, got tons of sunburn. Not really using my sunscreen like I should be. Um, bunch of blisters after the first day or two. Did not listen to my buddy there, Jason, do the double sock method. Uh, so I've been changing it up all around. Um, but I wanted to share a few highlights from my vacation this week. Um, and I'm definitely going to talk more in depth and more in detail next week on next week's show. Uh, so first thing, I'm staying at the Caribbean Beach Resort. It's a huge resort. One thing I just wanted to highlight was the Skyliner Hub. I know I've been very high on this, very excited for this. It is a very far away um, from the main lobby and cafeteria area. So I would have to imagine they're going to open up an internal bus loop. So you'd have to take a bus to the Skyliner and then to. So I'm not really sure how I feel about that yet. Um, next I want to talk about was some food. One thing I learned is do not order a margarita through mobile ordering. Um, it came in a can. Yep, uh, margarita in a can. Didn't really know they existed. Um, but if you're not mobile ordering, you're an idiot. That's simple. But I'll explain a lot more into detail on why on NetSuite's show. Um, I've had some amazing dining experiences. First one was the Royal Table. What an experience. That's located inside Cinderella's Castle. Uh, I'll talk a lot, a lot about that NetSuite. Uh, the Garden Grill and the Land Pavilion. I ate at Be Our Guest over at Magic Kingdom. Um, I had an amazing meal last night over at Sebastian's down at the Caribbean Beach Resort um, restaurant. And um, I'll speak a lot about this place in the future, I think, because it is amazing. Um, the last little one I wanted to talk about was the Sleepy Hollow Spicy and Sweet Chicken Waffle Sandwich. Mmm. I ate mine and my wife's. It was delicious. I actually posted a picture up on the Facebook group, so why don't you guys over and take a look. Um, next thing I want to talk about was the attractions. I am still so in love with Dinosaur Ride. It is still holding up. It is still doing an amazing job, um, and I just love everything about it. Um, luckily and sadly, I walked onto the Navi River journey uh, using a fast pass, and I'm glad I walked on because it continues to disappoint me. Not because it's a boat ride. Um, just think the lack of, you know, I don't know. I'll talk about it more in the show. If you want to find out, come on the show and listen. Soren. My problem with Soren continues to be it is so dependent on where you sit. I sat in the bottom row all the way to the right. It's just a poor experience. 
Um, I got to see the Mickey and Minnie Mouse get Shake It show. Kind of new for the celebration that's going on right now. Um, some really cool characters that interact with the fans, you dance, you sing. A plus for effort, B minus for delivery. And I'll tell you why. Um, but Toy Story Land, oh, phenomenal. So well done. Down to each very little detail, but more to come on that. I got to sit and watch the Lightning between Race Academy. It was excellent. Galaxy's Edge, got a nice view of that up on the Slinky Dog. It's coming along, but definitely needs a decent amount of work left um, to be done. Uh, the place is huge, though. Pictures do not do it justice. Um, and I got to do a little late-night Magic Kingdom solo run by myself. I got to do a lot of quality times with attractions. I'll really get to explain more of those on the show as well. Um, lastly, you know, I see a lot of people walking around almost clueless. I kind of feel bad, i got to be honest. There's so many that aren't going to be able to experience half of what Walt Disney World has to offer. I will say this, though. The crowds are huge. But... With a bit of knowledge, a little bit of podcast listening, see what I did there, uh, you can maneuver around them and get the stuff done. There is magic to be found, but you have to know where to look. So I'm sure Jason and Bubba are holding up the fort, having a great show for you guys tonight. I'll be back on the show next week. Looking forward to it. Uh, sounds like he's having a great time down there, doesn't it? It does. Oh, I tell you, that guy, you know, we told him, guys, we told him. Go enjoy your vacation. We got the episode. Don't worry about it. It's no big deal. We can handle it. We have a topic. We're confident. We like it. And this guy insists the notes he sent us. The first cut of that was like eight minutes, just so we're clear, guys. <laughs> right. He was like, guys, it's this. Oh, my God. It's this. He was, and he's so excited. So he's, he's very, passion. guys, listen, he will be back next week. We know it was a little bit different this week. We tried to bring you something of personal experiences about the parks. Um, he will be back next week. Next week, I know with the holiday week coming up, the holiday weekend, scheduling might be a little bit of an issue. We are going to have it out on Tuesday, um, and it's going to be basically a recap of Drew's trip. Right. Um, it's going to be a roundtable, but ultimately, because Jay went only a month or two ago and I went in December, it's kind of going to be a recap, I think, of all of our last trips, with Andrew really leading it because he was just there this past week. Right. So. Again, something to look forward to for next week. And it's not often that we do previews of the episodes because I'll be honest, the process is, is bizarre to us where we change the topic two or three times in a week. But but next week with the with the schedule and Andrew flying back this week, um, we, we will be doing a, a trip review for Andrew um, where he's going to give you a lot more information on, on things he liked and didn't like about the parks and stuff that uh, Jason and myself enjoyed or didn't enjoy when we were down there with our families or, or in Jay's case, with just his wife. So I, I think we have a lot of exciting things planned for the summer for you guys. We hope you do enjoy the show and keep listening. Uh, that is going to wrap up this week's episode of Personal Experiences of Walt Disney World. If you have any feedback, questions, or comments, please email us at thedisneyguysuncensored at gmail.com. If you are interested in joining our Facebook group, just head on over and hit uh, join, and we'll, uh, we'll certainly let you in. We do communicate with you guys and post all these random polls and stuff on there. Mm -hmm. As much as I swore to you guys I wouldn't do it, I am going to mention it. Um, we do have a Patreon group out there, patreon.com slash thedisneyguysuncensored. If uh, you do want to support us monetarily, everything's set up there. You can do it right there. If not, no big deal. Uh, the best thing you can do for us, though, is tell your friends, tell your family, and uh, rate us on iTunes and Google, and just spread the word. 
Uh, we hope you really did enjoy this because I know for me, Jay, it was uh, it's a fun time. I, I did learn some stuff from your end, and I hope that you guys enjoyed this week as much as me and Jay did. It was a fun change for us just to have the two of us here. So yeah, it um, was very interesting. I had never done the the Africa trek myself, so yeah. I'm that's something I may have to look into myself. Yeah, it's it's a good time, and Jay, like I said, I'm never probably going to use this CWP stuff, but. It's very helpful to people, and, and I know that you were passionate about it, and, and, mm-hmm. and I thank you for, for opening up with your experiences on that because it can be polarizing, let's be That's honest. That's right, so, absolutely. So It's guys, a very hot-button topic right now. It is, it is. So, again, thank you all very much for listening, and, um, hey, guys, we'll see you next week, all right? Enjoy your uh, Memorial Day weekend.